You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Tax Wrap Podcast. We're into episode 129. I'm Steve Burnham, joined by Dennis. Hello, Dennis. Hi, Steve. The recent Queensland state budget, Dennis, um, spurred you to think about uh, state taxes generally, and you've got a few things to to reveal. Um, Tell us what's gone down. Yes, exactly. With you know, with the latest uh, state budget being the Queensland budget and also the uh, payroll tax reporting time um, looming. So July is usually the time where all payroll tax gets reconciled and oh, reported. Right. Yep. So it's, um, I guess, it's sort of um, timely to to touch uh, on the issue of state taxes. Now, you know, we had we had a sort of a cascade of those state budgets, uh, state and territory budgets coming upon us, um, and we'll touch briefly on the Victorian budget and New South Wales ba- New South Wales budget later on. But firstly, Queensland budget 2017-18, the main um, sort of, well, it's a couple of main changes. Um, we have changes in the area of land tax uh, where uh, there are going to be an extra surcharge um, applied to absentee owners who have land holdings of 350000 or higher. What, in dollar value? Yes, in, do- right. in dollar value. So essentially... Um, those owners who are absent uh, from uh, uh, from uh, this from the state from Queensland uh, and um, don't reside there on a permanent basis. Now we have to mention that this this applies to all land holdings in the whole of state. I mean we can't really judge from the uh, announcements announcement whether this is going to be confined to a particular area of the state. So potentially um, a lot of uh, people can be impacted yeah. on that. Okay, so that that value it seems to be a very low value. I mean, that would be just like a one bedroom flat, but I don't know what the prices are like in Queensland. Look, it would truly be a one bedroom flat type of right. price because you know three hundred fifty um, thousand um, of of land value. That's that's not really much by this uh, in this day and age, right. mm. and. Um, yeah, it's you know we're we're still actually waiting to see what the final state law w- will look like oh, and okay. whether there's going to be any sort of exemptions or um, I mean I, I presume that primary production land will not be impacted. That's it's just going to be um, um, apl- applicable to residential zone oh, land yeah. Yeah. as well. Yeah. But we we have this measure coming definitely coming did through in the coming a, weeks. Did I mention a period of absentee? Um, or is it more if you're not a permanent resident? Um, well, look, it, it varies from state to state. So um, while I don't have with me the Queensland um, sort of guidelines here, I, I can sort of refer roughly to the New, New South Wales guidelines of what uh, what really is um, is a resident uh, in mm. Australia um Individual and for the purposes of land tax in New South Wales, actually, a person who spends um, in Australia uh, 200 days or more in a calendar year right. is considered resident. Okay, so we, but we haven't got the details of the Queensland. It may follow that pattern, or we do it. Yeah, it may it may follow that pattern. But I mean, uh, the practitioners should really consult the information that's available from their state revenue offices on that. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know it, it does vary from state to state. For instance, Victoria has a slightly different uh, guideline as well. Uh, 
uh, in well compared to New South Wales. Um, another measure that came in in Queensland budget was that there is a, an increased payroll tax rebate for apprentices. Now, the way it works is essentially if a business employs an apprentice, um, then half of those wages are um, eligible for a rebate. So you take um, your the general uh, payroll tax rate in Queensland of 4.75%. You take half of uh, your um, uh, apprentice's wages, you multiply it by 4.75%, yep. and the resulting figure is actually your rebate. So uh -huh, your payroll tax is slashed by that figure. It, oh, right. it comes down by that figure. It's, so it's, it's it's actually tax effective. It sounds like they're trying to encourage people to put on apprentices. It does it? Is that what the aim of it also is, I suppose? Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the broader, I guess, education um, program for the state, but also... Um, you know, part of the upskilling up and supporting supporting um, um, uh, skills skills based um, on the job training. I'm sort of imagining a business saying, "Oh, I'll put on you, and I'll put on you, and I'll put on you all apprentices now." <laughs> Could that happen? Uh, look, it's. I mean, it can happen to. I suppose very little extent because apprenticeships are actually regulated by um, in Queensland. It, it's um, Further Education and Training Act. Uh -huh. So apprenticeship is not something that actually you sell that you self designate. It's it's um, sort of a proper um, regulated, um, oh, I, I suppose, program. So they've got to be official. Real apprentices. Yes, yeah. yes, they have to be official real apprentices. Okay. And there are education requirements and, uh, you know, specific program to follow. So it's not uh, it's not exactly an ad hoc no. um, venture. And another, another um, I guess, point with apprentices, and it, it applies to uh, actually most of the states and territories, is that their wages are exempt from payroll tax anyway. But the exemption obviously is based on being the official, you know, official apprenticeship. Right. Um, as well as the fact that there is there are times where apprentices will do other jobs for the same employer. So it might be necessary for the systems to actually track different wages paid to the same person. Really? You know, okay. we have an apprenticeship going on for, let's say, three days a week, and the person might come on um, over for the other two days just to do some other role so with the same employer. I see. So it's, it's necessary for the payroll tax to actually um, distinguish those, um, those work days into... Yep drags them differently under different t categories. I wonder what the figures are for how often that would happen. I, I, I suppose it makes sense if someone's coming into the op, you know, the work site for five days, three days as an apprentice, two days to do something else. It kind of makes it complicated when you talk about payroll tax. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there is complexity in a payroll tax. Uh, I mean, we, firstly, we have complexity because there are different, you know, different rules, slightly different rules in um, different... Um, uh, states, but also direct complexities in in the design of it, in the tracking of different wages and yep. inclusions and exclusions. So, um, uh, I mean, smaller businesses are not necessarily necessarily equipped uh, with the um, information systems that track those categories. Yes, that's yeah. that's something of an oversight in the market at the moment. And then again, there was that push for the word was harmonisation. Yeah, with payroll tax and different state taxes a few years ago. I, I, having these differences doesn't really help that effort, I suppose. But uh, 
No, not not really, not really at all. Just to finish up on this rebate, the rebate of fifty percent um, of the rebate on fifty percent of apprentices' wages is available in the current financial year, ju- just about to finish, as oh, well yeah. as the next financial year. So tw- 16, 17, and 17, 18. 18 exactly, okay. yeah. So after that, we're probably likely to see just a little bit of a smaller rebate, maybe a quarter of apprentices' wages being eligible for rebate. Okay, well, so let's get, get onto it now if you can. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. It's it's better, I guess, to have apprentices now than, than just wait for them to start later on. Yeah. Um, the last... Um, things that I wanted to mention with the budget was that fees and charges are going to be um, indexed according to the CPI from not actually from the next year, but from the year ahead in 2019 slash 20. Okay. So what fees and charges are they? Just, just general f- um, fees and charges to, uh, levied by the State Revenue Office of, of Queensland. Okay. So currently they're they're indexed actually at three point five percent per annum, which is really high by, by by all sort of standards. You know, even your save bank savings account. Yeah, not that much. I, mean, I feel lucky to get that much back, but no, inflation is so low at the moment. It's a, it's a fair move to um, tie them to CPI at the moment. Yeah. Um, we'll see in years to come whether uh, that seems like like excessive if we get up higher interest rates, but time will tell. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like using the Queensland budget, we can actually sort of um, gauge the the uh, general trend in state budgets overall. I mean, there are increased taxes for uh, absentee or foreign residents. You know, there is a little bit of a, um, um, I guess, easement in in payroll taxes, and it happens across across the board. So let's, let's take Victorian budget. Yep. Uh, there is a... Um, you know, there is a vacant residential properties land tax of 1% on the property's capital improved value. So it's not only a land, it's actually land plus all the buildings standing on okay. it. Okay. That's equivalent of the absentee Queensland rule. Uh, what, what do they call it in Victoria? Uh, uh, yeah, in Victoria, it's called the uh, um, vacant residential property right. tax. Oh. So it's residential property just left vacant, nobody's yep. living in it. Huh. There is, here you go, you get 1% extra tax. But you know, what happens in Victoria is that it, it's actually only applicable to selected council areas. So you really Not statewide? Not statewide at all, no. Uh-huh. So and, and the SRO has a list of those council areas on its website. So okay. you have a range of councils which are sort of closer to the Melbourne CBD yeah, and yeah, surrounding. And, you know, there are exemptions from it. For instance, if a person uses a, a property to attend a work site for at least 140 days yep. in a year, well, that's not considered to be vacant ah, okay. property anymore. Yep. Okay. So I guess if a person has a, like a small unit in the city yep. for to attend a work site in a city, then that's that's you know that's not going to be subject to tax. Okay. Yeah. Is it? It's not like um, what's that other uh, rule that if you um, have a, a rental property available, genuinely available. Um, you can claim a deduction. If it's not generally available, you can't claim a deduction on that rental property. Um, um, this does, that doesn't, uh, that's a federal law, of course. Yeah, it is a federal law, of course, it is. But, you know, there are similarities. I mean, the states are not exactly reinventing the the bicycle with no. saying, you know, who's resident, who's not. No. It's sort of, it's, there is, it is a little bit consensual. But... By the same token, you know, like we've said in New South Wales, they consider a person being resident in Australia if they spend 200 days or more yeah, yeah. in a calendar year. Now, 
That's different to the to the federal law. So what yeah. we're going to end up very soon is that we're going to have all these different residency rules between <laughs> federal law and state law. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it is possible to have uh, to have. I think it would be possible to have a person who would be considered non-resident under federal law. Law, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you know, perhaps might be resident <laughs> for a state law. Who knows? Oh, yeah. So Victoria has a similar sort of arrangement, and in terms of payroll tax, just um, Victoria increased its threshold a little bit in in the fall in the 2017-18, as well as a f- year after that. Right. Now, New South Wales actually levied two two types of tax on sort of non-resident. First was an increase in the duty. On, on um, a purchase of residential real estate by real estate by foreign persons. Yep. So here you go. You get a stamp duty which is higher for foreign purchases, and the land tax uh, will increase for non-residents as well. There is a land tax surcharge, and it doesn't. It even doesn't matter if the person pays land tax or not. They might be under the threshold. There is still a surcharge just because a person is non. Um, non-resident. non-resident. Oh, so it's it's a general trend, you know, these yeah. days with states. So the the practitioners actually advise to consider those people who are, um, you know, who would be subject to those taxes and perhaps do some work just to make sure that those issues don't uh, come out of the blue. Yes, of course. Yeah, exactly. Well, it might. All right. What? Well, that's that's my sort of overview of state. Uh, developments yep. these days. All right, we can come back uh, and look at other issues on state taxes uh, as they develop. But um, thank you very much, Dennis. All right, thanks, Steve. All right, see you, and listeners, please come back next week.